2 Samuel tonight. 2 Samuel tonight. I look into this world today, and if you walk around and you look at the people that you see and come in contact, you'll see people that are hurting, that are hurting. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know what you're facing in your life. But I know I've talked to several people, and they're hurting. You may be here tonight, and you're hurting, going through some things. I see a lot of people that are hopeless in this world. They got that hopeless look on their faces. They had that hopeless expression on the face. And if something doesn't happen soon, everything's going to be in a big mess. I see Christian people that are hungry and they're needing something from heaven. And I'm talking about spiritually. But also I see people that are happy. I see people that, ha I see happy people here tonight that you're happy because you're here tonight, amen? No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, you're happy that you are here tonight, amen? There, there you could have said, Lord, I, I just don't feel like going to church tonight, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep going, and I'm not going to stop, and I'm going to get to church, and I'm just going to be happy. So you ought to hold on to that happy spot that you got right now because let me just say this. It won't be long that you're going to hit that sad spot. It won't be long you're going to say, whoa, what happened to me? 2 Samuel chapter 15 is a very familiar story, but I want to look at it in a different way and I want to go through. So, so keep your Bible up. I'm just going to pick out verses to read right quick and we'll expound on those verses and the, and, and, and the David's life. In verse number 13, and there came a messenger to David saying, the heart of the men of Israel are after Aspalon. And David said unto them all his servants, and they were all with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, bring up evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. Look at verse number 23. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over the king, also himself passed over the brook of Kendron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. Verse number 32. And it came to pass that when David was come up to the top of the mount where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai, the, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Verse number 1 of chapter 16, And David was a little past the top of the hill. And Paul Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses, saddled upon them 200 loaves of bread, and a hundred bunches of raisins, and a hundred of summer fruit, and a bottle of wine. And the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou these? And Ziba said, The asses are for the king's household to ride on, and the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine that they such be as faint in the wilderness may drink. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do, and the mercy and grace and love you've shown us, Lord, for the cross of Calvary. Lord, we ask you to help us tonight. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. And we'll, Father, we'll just give you the praise and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 
I'm interested in that verse 2 when he said, The asses are for the king's household to ride on. Uh, preaching on this thought tonight just for a little bit, just keep on riding. I have no idea what you're going through tonight, uh, uh, but thank God, just uh, just keep on riding on. Don't give up. Uh, uh, you'll keep riding through this thing. The, the context of what you see in the Bible is, is from chapter number 6, and we see De- David's failure in chapter 6. He should have been out to battle. He should have been with the battle with his men, but he was at home, and he saw Bathsheba uh, bathing herself on the rooftop, and David began to look, and David began to lust upon her, and that lust turned into sin. He laid with her, and she got pregnant with his child. David had a moment of failure. But also in chapter number 12, we see David's finding. I'm sure David thought uh, that he would, he would get away with it. He thought that everything's all right. Time has passed, and David thought, uh, uh, my sins, uh, nobody knows about. Can I say that's the way we are with our sins? Uh, we might get it by with the day, uh, and we'll get by it tomorrow, and we'll get by it next week, and we think, hey, I'm in the clear. Nobody knows about my sin. You're right. Uh, I don't know your sin. Uh, you don't know my sin. Uh, I can hide it. Uh, I can cover it up, and that's what David did. He, he tried to cover it up his sin, but guess what there's one that sees all there's one that knows all and he saw what David did and God sent a prophet Nathan and Nathan comes to him with this story about a man that had all these sheep and, and this man that had one ewe lamb that's all he had and that man took that one and slayed it and for a feast for his friend and he asked David, said, what should that man be done to that man? And David said, that man should be killed. And Nathan said, thou art the man. Your sins are going to be found out. Your sins cannot be hid. But in chapter 13, all of a sudden, Amon had his lust for his sister, Tamar. Remember when Nathan told him, the sword will never depart from thy house? It was after these things that David did, it was after these things that David did upon himself that Amon lusted after his sister. But Amon had a friend, Jonadad. He said, these are the kind of friends you don't need. Let me say that. These are the kind of friends. He said, look, let me tell you what you need to do. You ought to act like you're sick. And when your father comes in to, to check in on you, say, uh, send uh, Tamar in that, that she may be able to address some meat for me to eat. And, and uh, David goes and he sends Tamar in. Uh, and the Bible said he looked upon her as she was making the cakes and stuff. He lusted after her. And the Bible said after that, after that act, he hated her more than he loved her. See, sin is going to get you one way or the other. Sin is going to get you one way or the other. And you see the trouble that goes on. Then we see in chapter 14, David gets fooled. There's a woman from Tioch was dressed up like she was in mourning. She said, I have two sons, and they were out in the fields, 
And they got in an argument, got in a fight, one killed the other, and now my entire family is wanting to kill that one. So she's fleeing. Said if they kill him, they will also quench my coal. I thought that was a very interesting statement. And what it means is if you kill that this if you kill this one son that I have left, but I have no husband, I, and one son is dead, and if you this son dies, there's nobody to continue on the seed of my family. So he's trying to get David. And what this is leading into is getting Absalom to come back. David got fooled. He got fooled. Now stay with me. I'm going somewhere. It might seem like, like a Bible study tonight. I, I love the scriptures. Bible said, like I said, the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to cut you coming and going. You need to get into it. We, we see that David was fooled. We also see David, he's fleeing. That's what we just read here. After three years that he let Absalom become gone, he comes back, and the next two years, he says, I don't even want to see his face. I don't want to look upon him. Absalom starts standing at the gate of the city, and as people come in that has uh, uh, problems and has issue, Absalom stops him and says, Hey, uh, I can take care of that. Uh, I can do that. Next thing, all the people's heart are going towards Absalom. And then a word gets out. He's still in the hearts of the people. And all of a sudden, there arose up an insurrection against his father. David. So David flees. David had some family problems. You and I have family. I don't know about you. I don't know those people today that can stand up and say, there's not a problem in my family. <laughs> if you can stand up and say that, please stand up and say, there's not a problem in my family. I've got problems in my family. And any preacher gets up and tells you that they, they don't have a problem, you better beware of them. I believe that every family comes in, or just like David's family, we have family problems. I have, I have family problems. Some of my family have sinned, and some of them has been made public. And that's disheartening. You, you raise your child in the house of God, you do what you're supposed to do and, and, and everything you're supposed to do. You raise the, the child up in the way they go. They've heard the word of God. They've been preached all their life to. And then you start thinking, what, what did I do to make them rebel against the word of God? Like I said, every one of us have trouble in our families. The struggles in our families tonight. But thank God, the family of God has been not been knocked out of the saddle because you're sitting here. You're still going forth for God. You're still plugging away. You're still plowing away. No matter what's going on in your family life, no matter what's happening in your family life, you're still serving God. You're still sitting on the saddle. You're still saying, I'm moving forward. Can I say this? It hurts when a child goes wrong. It hurts when a child goes wrong. 
it, it tears your heart out. Now, it, 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 if your child turns out great, can I say this? If your child turns out great, don't take the credit for that. Just stand up and give praise to God and give God the glory. Because if you start taking credit for how good that child, that one child turns out, then you'll start taking credit for how bad that other child turns out. And you get to holding your head down thinking, what did I do? What did I do? No. Just keep riding on. Keep riding on. Keep going on. Keep going on. I, I see fear and pain. The Bible said that David went weeping. David and the whole crowd was weeping and, and barefooted and head covered. He said, we, we got to go. Verse 14, let us, let us flee. For we shall not escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart. They didn't have time to pick up anything. He says, we've got to go. Uh, Absalom's coming. He's out to kill us. He's going to uh, destroy uh, Jerusalem. We've got to pack it up and get out of here. I see him fleeing in a hurry. There wasn't any time to get anything. David was hurting. And David has some fear problems in his life. I don't know if anybody ever tells you they're, they're afraid of nothing. I, I like to think that I'm not afraid of nothing, but let me tell you, there are some things that I'm afraid of. If somebody says they're not afraid of something, I'd be fearful of that person. It is a fearful thing to stand in a pulpit to preach the Word of God in the flesh. Amen. I, I'm worried sometimes when I step up here, Lord, uh, uh, you've got to shut me up because I might say something I shouldn't say. Uh, that's why it needs to be the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, it has to be you. If the man says he preached the word and doesn't be fearful and have fear, something wrong with him. David had fear in his life. You may be sitting here you may have some fear in your life, some problems. Maybe you're wondering about what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, next week. One thing after another. Let's say this. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week. But I'm glad for the right now. I'm eating at the trough of God's grace, trying to get some strength to move forward, to keep going, to keep riding on for God and serving God. We see David has some pain. We see David had some fear in his life. We also see David had a fateful past. Look, verse number 32. This is where it hits me right here. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, and notice the word, were he worshipped God. And remember, they're fleeing. And I, I believe they get to that top of that mount, got to that place. He thought to himself, this is the place that I, I came to worship. This is the place I used to worship the Lord. And now I'm fleeing into the wilderness. But right here is where I used to worship the Lord, right here.
There are those that used to worship the Lord here. Now they've gotten out, they've wandered away, they've fallen away, they're out into the wilderness. And David's probably thinking to himself, God, bring me back to this place where I worship, where I felt the, uh, the Spirit of God on me, where I can commune with you and I have a relationship with you and I believe the same things that we need to say, Lord, for those that were worshiping Him, those that were worshiping Him, Lord, bring them back so they can feel the Spirit of God and the resurrection of God in their life again. I wonder if it ever crossed David's mind as he topped that hill. Would he ever get back to the place that he worshipped? Would he ever get back to that place where I've asked myself many times, those have gone away, I wonder if they ever thought about getting back to that place they worshipped. That place where they felt God moving their lives. We have all the times in our past that we weren't as faithful as we should have been. But now we're back. God is moving. Now you, uh, you've made your mind up that you're going to stay here by the grace of God. And I'm just telling you, just keep on riding on. Keep on riding on. Verse number 16, when David was a little past the top of the hill. When David was a little past the top of the hill. You got to get over top of that hill. There was nothing for him on this side but family problems, fears, and, and, and uh, struggles. And a place where he used to worship. That's all he has found so far as he's moving up that hill, all those troubles, but just a little past the top of that hill on the other side. Psalms 81, 14 says, Soon should be sudden that all the enemies return my hand against their adversaries, but they turned back. God says there are people that struggle, that climb the mountain and everything's on their back, but they get to the top of the mountain and they got just over the top of the mountain on the other side, but they chose to turn back. David kept going. Let me just say this. There's the provision on the other side of the mountain. You turn back and you'll miss out on God's provision. And God provided for him things. God provided a ride for his family. God provided fruit. God provided wine to rekindle the spirit. God said there's provision on the other side of that mountain. Don't give up. Keep riding on. Keep riding on. We see that David had a friend in Zeba. Ziba used to be David's servant. He had provisions for him just on the other side of the mountaintop. You're not going to get anything done on this side of the mountain. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have problems. You're going to have uh, things that you have to deal with. But you've got to keep riding on to get over top of that mountain. Mephibosheth. Ziba was David's servant. 
When David became king, he asked, is there any in the household of Jonathan? He thought all of them was gone. Then they said, no, there's one, Mephibosheth, that's down in Lobar. And then David said, go get him. So here all the king's men is going down to Lobar to get, get him. And I imagine when they saw all the king's chariots coming, they thought, well, we're dead. And they get out and they find him. And they bring him out and, and they, they set him up. And Ziba becomes his servant. Aren't you glad that you, you, God knows exactly where you're at? Aren't you glad that God knows exactly what you need? Amen. But you got to get over top of that mountain. You got to get over top of that mountain. When Ziba came, he had three things. He had a donkey, saddles, so the household of David could ride. They'd been barefooted. They'd been walking. Heads covered. Fearful, afraid. That's something they can wear. They're taking the load. They, get, they took the load off of themselves. He had refreshments, the bread and the summer fruit. The wine, the Bible said that they should such be faint in the wilderness. Something bring joy back to your soul. Psalms 66 and 12. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads, we went through the fire and through the water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. God knows exactly what you need, and he knows exactly where you're at. But I'm telling you, he said, don't quit on this side of the mountain. Don't give up on this side of the mountain. You've got to get to the top and over on the other side. Some of us is facing our, our mountaintops today. Some of us are struggling to that mountaintop today. We've got this going on. We've got that going on. Our families are hurting. We're hurting. But God said, hold on. If you just keep riding on, there's provision on the other side for you. Isn't that good? Remember that. Don't give up. Ride on. Ride on. Just keep riding on.